Welcome everybody. Christmas has a pagan origin and I am glad about it. That is the topic for today. Some Christians refuse to do Christmas because of this fact. Non-Christians mock Christianity for practicing an actual pagan festival. What do we make of this? That sort of summarizes the topic for today. With Christmas around the corner, I think it is a good idea to uh, deal with this topic. Here on my side, it's Friday, the 10th of December. Uh, Durban is hot. The east coast of South Africa is hot. This is episode 73 of Fishing for Men with Mac. And it's great to have you listen in. So let's get into it. Someone sent me a message uh, last week saying, please do a podcast on Christmas and where it originated from and if Christians should be celebrating it. And so I thought about doing just that today. Let me remind everyone that I did do a podcast on Christmas last year around this time and it's called Happy Birthday Jesus. So Happy Birthday Jesus is the title of the that episode if you want to go listen to more about similar things as today, then just go do that. Please go check that out. It deals with some of the things I will touch on, but gives a little bit of a different perspective. Uh, here's a summary of that podcast. Although most people do not care who Jesus is, they celebrate his birthday without even knowing it. And that I find to be so powerful. It is as if God has allowed Christmas to become this huge worldwide celebration in honor of his son even though they don't believe in him or have a relationship with him. Uh, you want to hear more of that? Go check out that podcast. Happy Birthday Jesus, that's what it's called. Today, I'll be talking specifically more about the origin of Christmas and, and what that means to us. Some Christians criticize Christmas and they criticize people who do celebrate it because they claim that it has its origin in paganism. I mean, you know, in a sense, that makes sense. I mean, what does a Christmas tree or balls hanging from it or Santa Claus have to do with Jesus? I mean, we don't read about those things in the Bible. And you know what? As I read through history, it seems like they are right. Indeed, Christmas has its roots in paganism. But, and a big but, uh, a question that I have for the critics of Christmas is this. Do you celebrate birthdays? Do you celebrate your own birthday or the birthday of your children or your parents? And do you know that the celebration of birthdays has its origin in paganism as well? Have you ever read in the Bible people celebrating the birthday of someone? No, it's, it's, a, it's a tradition that comes from paganism. So if we want to be technical and legalistic on this, then we need to state that if you say that uh, Christmas is something a Christian shouldn't be performing because its roots is in paganism, then we also need to say that a Christian cannot celebrate his own birthday or the birthday of anybody else. But that is silly, of course. Why? Because we know that we are not practicing pagan worship by celebrating a birthday. We're simply celebrating the fact that God has spared us another year and it is simply a cultural celebration. There is no paganism attached to us celebrating birthday. And I think that we can make the same claim for Christmas. Just because some people practice Christmas doesn't mean that they approve of paganism or that they're worshiping pagan gods. Now, in a nutshell, I think that's more or less where uh, we're going to go in this podcast. But anyways, <laughs> with that being said, 
Let me move on to briefly outline how Christmas started. I'm going to tell the story as simply and clearly as I possibly can. And it's difficult to do that because we're talking about uh, an, event, an event that has taken 2,000 years to develop. So the Church of the Bible, the church that we read about in the Scriptures, that church did not celebrate Christmas. That's why the word Christmas is not found in the Bible. They didn't even celebrate the birth of Jesus. In actual f- fact, Jesus was definitely not born on 25 December. I can almost guarantee that 99.9% uh, to, be, to be accurate. He was not born the 25th of December. So straight out the gate, Christmas was not invented by God, but by man. Just like birthdays was invented by man. For the first 200 years of the church's existence, the church fathers criticized the pagans for celebrating birthdays especially because birthday celebration was linked to pagan worship. They, they basically celebrated the births of their, their gods, uh, the pagans. But what mattered to these early Christians wasn't the date of a martyr's death. Okay, uh, well, a martyr's birth, sorry, but the date of a martyr's death. For the Christians, the date of your death was your birthday because you would be born into the spiritual real life. And so the date of your birth on earth didn't really matter. You are born into eternal life the day that you die. And that also falls in line with Jesus. Jesus never asked us to remember his birth. He never told us, hey guys, you know, once a year, you know, just remember the fact that I was born. No, he didn't. He he asked us to remember the fact that he gave up his life for us. He, He asked us to remember the fact that he would die for us. And that we do every Sunday as we partake of the Lord's Supper. Somewhere along the way, the Christians started to find interest in the date of Jesus' birth. And, and, and as I said, the Bible doesn't tell us when Jesus was born. We know reasonably well it was probably around March. The first person to claim that Jesus was born on 25 December was Sextus Julius Africanus who was a traveler and a historian, and that was in the 3rd century. But it wasn't until about 50 years later or so that 25 December became the official date of Jesus' birth when Pope Julius I made it his birthday date. The first time that the birthday of Jesus seems to be a, have been celebrated in some way or another was 336 AD in Rome. In other words, 330 years after Jesus. Now, what do we see so far, just based on what I've shared so far? Celebrating the birthday of Jesus is a man-made invention. We can all agree with that. The birthday of Jesus was started like many other traditions by the Roman Catholic Church. It doesn't stem from the Bible. The Catholic Church started Christmas. Now, there are two theories on how they decided on the birth date of 25 December. (laughs) And this is where the story seems to get exciting for me. So let me give you two theories, with the second one being the most plausible in my, um, you know, my likely estimation. (coughs) Sorry. So the first theory is this. It was widely held in these times that the spring equinox of 20 to 21 March is the date of the creation of the world. So these people believed the earth was created on the 20th 
or the 21st of March. Now, on the fourth day of creation, when you go read Genesis chapter 1, you see that the sun was created. So the sun was therefore created on the 25th of March. So what these Christians said is, well, if the sun was conceived on this date, the 25th of March, then the Son of God was also conceived on this date, the 25th of March. Therefore, the church held that it was on the 25th of March that Mary was told that she would have a child. Now, add nine months to 25 uh, March, and what do you get? You get 25 December, therefore the birth of Jesus. Now, I'm not too convinced that that, that that was the real reason why they made a fuss about 25 December. Rather, I suggest, as most scholars, the following theory. Now, this explanation, the second theory is a little bit longer, so just bear with me and keep track with me. The middle of winter in the Northern Hemisphere has been a time of celebration and festivity for many, many, many years. Long before Christianity even existed, people in the Northern Hemisphere had a big celebration smack bang in the middle of winter, which falls over December. This celebration they call, we call the winter solstice. The festivities started around 20 to 21 December. This date marked the middle of winter. So 20, 21 December in the middle of winter, this was the point where people would celebrate the fact that the worst of winter was behind them and that they could start looking forward to seeing more of the sun. And so their days would start lengthening. Now you can imagine why this was such a huge period of festivity, specifically in agricultural societies. The harvest work was done for the year. Most cattle would have been slaughtered so they didn't have to be fed through the winter. So for many people, that was the only time in the year that they could have fresh meat, most wine and, and beer that, that had been made throughout the year, had finished fermenting. It was an ideal time for a feast. And to top it, the darkness of winter was a good time to have a feast because anyone needed cheering up. And those of you listening and you stay in the Northern Hemisphere, you know for sure that in the winter, it's very hard to keep yourself positive when the weather is murky and, and, and there's no sun shining on you. Now, if you happen to live in a region in which midwinter brings striking darkness and cold and hunger, then the urge to have a celebration at the very heart of it, to avoid going mad or falling into a depression, is very, very strong. Associated with this, with this festivity, um, paganism also grew to be a part of it. To these pagans, this was an important time because it marked the beginning of the sun winning over the darkness of winter. In Germany, people honored the pagan god Odin during the midwinter holiday. Germans were terrified of Odin as they believed uh, he made nocturnal flights through the sky to observe his people and then decide who would prosper or perish. And because of his presence, many people chose to stay inside. So this tradition was practiced throughout the world. And where it seems to have intersected with Christianity was in Rome. The Romans also celebrated their own form of the winter solstice. But they called it Saturnalia. This was a holiday in honor of Saturn, the god of agriculture. And the same thing happened during this, this, this time. There was festivity and there was meat and there was wine. And it was also during this feast dedicated towards Saturn that 25 December was specifically signaled out by the Romans. 
The Romans celebrated 25 December as the birthday of Mithra, the god of the unconquerable sun. The god of the unconquerable sun. His birthday was celebrated by the Romans on the 25th of December. Now Mithra was an infant god born from a rock. For some Romans, Mithra's birthday was the most sacred day of the year. So what was what happened? You know, where does Christianity come into the picture? Now, these Christians that lived in Rome, they were surrounded by people who celebrated the winter solstice, who worshipped Saturn and Mithra. And so what seems to have happened is that they decided instead of celebrating the birthday of a pagan god, they were going to celebrate the birthday of the true God on the same day. You see, to the Romans, 25 December was the day of the birth of the unconquered sun, S-U-N, the sun that shines in the sky. Christians then went and said, no, 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 no. We will worship the day of the unconquered sun, S-O-N, the son of God. So what am I saying? Celebrating the birthday of Jesus evolved because of paganism, but in a good sense. These early Christians were Christianizing pagan religions. I'm going to repeat that. These early Christians were Christianizing pagan religions. And if you think about it, they did a dang good job. Nobody today remembers 25 December anymore as a pagan festival. When last have you met anybody that says to you, Hey man, 25 December is important because of Mithra or because of Saturn. No. Everybody, when they hear 25 December today, they think about the birth of Jesus. Now, although I don't like human uh, inventions, which this is, this is genius. I mean, they literally transformed a pagan festival into a Christian festival. That's literally what they did. And I say, well done. <laughs> well done. Christianity, at least in this section, 25 December, they stole 25 December from the pagans. Christianity literally killed paganism. So Christmas is a Christianizing of the pagan winter solstice. By the Middle Ages, Celebrating the birth of Jesus had totally overtaken the pagan festivals. Now, I know that this is a theory, but I think it is well attested to by some church leaders from the time. Cyprian, Cyprian for example, he was the bishop from Carthage, uh, wrote in the 3rd century, Oh, how wonderfully acted providence that on that day on which that sun, S-U-N, the sun in the sky, was born, Christ should be born. You see the link that he makes. Christians believe that Jesus is the light of the world. So the early Christians thought that this was the right time to celebrate the birth of Jesus. They also took over some of the customs from the winter solstice and gave them Christian meanings like holly, mistletoe and, and even Christmas carols. A late 4th century sermon by St. Augustine explains why this was such a fitting day to celebrate Christ's nativity. This is what he says. Hence, it is that he was born on that day, which is the shortest in our earthly reckoning, and from which subsequent days begin to increase in length. He, speaking about Jesus, therefore, who bent low and lifted us up, chose the shortest day, yet 
the one whence light begins to increase. So linking Jesus to the Son was supported by various biblical passages. Jesus was considered to be the Son of Righteousness, S-U-N, Son of Righteousness, prophesied by Malachi. Malachi said, Unto you shall the Son of Righteousness arise, and healing is in His wings. So what do we make of this so far? The Catholic Church had good intentions. Now, I don't commend them for making a fuss of Jesus' birth. Why? Because Jesus didn't ask us to make a fuss of His birth. But I will commend them for being evangelistic. Choosing to celebrate the birthday on a special pagan festival date was genius. It literally destroyed the winter solstice and its paganism. Today, people don't remember Saturn on the 25th of December. They think of Jesus. And so, yes, Christmas has pagan roots, but it wasn't created by pagans. It was created by the Catholic Church, and I think with good motives. They did not worship Mithra. In actual fact, that is why they started the birthday of Jesus, to oppose the worship of the Son, and rather point to the Son, S-O-N. And it's the same as celebrating birthdays. Just because we celebrate birthdays doesn't mean that we worship pagan gods. But there's still some unfinished business. The 4th century church chose the birthday date of Jesus, and they did some form of special service, but they didn't know of the Christmas back then that we know of today, like Santa Claus and Christmas trees. I mean, how did we get here where we are? Let me give you a short summary. It was only in the 9th ninth, ninth century that, act, that an actual church service was held to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And by the way, Christmas stands for Christ's Mass. And when you hear that word Mass, <coughs> what are you thinking about? You're thinking about the Catholic Church. And once again, that's it. Even the term Christmas comes from the Catholic Church. Um, and that's a recent invention. The first time that we read of fir trees hanging in, standing in homes, now known as Christmas trees, was in 1494. The first time we read of fruits hanging on Christmas trees was in 1605. And by the way, there's significance in that because people ask the question, well, what are these balls hanging on the trees? Well, they used to um, hang type of uh, um, things that were like fruit from these trees in homes to signal the fact to point people forward to the idea that winter will is now slowly and surely going to end and we're going to have green trees again and we're going to have fruit on those trees. Okay, that's it's, so there's nothing sinister about the balls hanging on the trees. They just symbolize fruit. In any case, uh, so the first time we read about fruits hanging on Christmas trees was in 1605. The first time we read of Christmas trees with candles on them was 1611. It was only nearing the end of the 18th century that gift-giving at Christmas started to become a thing. And I'll say a few things about that in, in a moment. But the central figure of Christmas really is this guy called Santa Claus. Right, and I, I think I did speak last year about old Santa Claus, and because um, some people would even go around, they would say, "Well, Santa Claus refers to Satan." Okay, um, yeah, okay. Let's talk about that. In the fourth century, there was a saint called Saint Nicholas. He was apparently very generous, and he loved kids. He was a monk born in Turkey around 280 A.D. He gave away all of his inherited wealth and traveled the countryside helping the poor and the sick. And he became known as the protector of children and sailors. 
He became aware of some desperate needs in his congregation and a family having to sell their children into slavery. And so what he did is one night he came and he left money on their doorstep. And guess what he left the money in? It was in a stocking. It was gold in a stocking. In other words, a sock. And that's why we have these socks now that we put stuff in for Christmas morning. And over time, this man's generosity and this just how people in the community remembered him, he became a legend. Now, many of the stories and about him and his popularity as, as this figure in history didn't it didn't stick, you know, become a, a fundamental part of cultures all over the world, but one country where St. Nicholas remained a hero was the Netherlands. And the Dutch who came from the Netherlands and who immigrated to New York City brought this legendary icon with them in their culture and they introduced him to the Americas. They called him Sinterklaas. Sinterklaas in, 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 uh, which refers to St. Nicholas. Sinterklaas. The English people heard this, this term and they started calling him Santa Claus. That, that's how they uh, interpreted Sinterklaas in the Dutch language. So that's simply where the name comes from. Okay, It's just an English appropriation of the Dutch Sinterklaas. So the, the Dutch brought uh, this saint into the picture on their December 6th, St. Nicholas Day, that focused on bringing gifts to kids. And so sort of they celebrated St. Nicholas and they had a special day that they would celebrate uh, him and what he did. And that would be December the 6th. Uh, and, and I think they still celebrate that today. So somehow this gift giving by St. Uh, Nicholas evolved and, and became part of 25th December Christmas. Now, I'm not sure how that sort of worked, but that's where um, Santa Claus uh, comes from. Now, this is interesting because in 1822... A church minister wrote a poem called Twas the Night Before Christmas. Now, in this poem, he depicted Santa Claus or Sinterklaas or Saint Nicholas as a jolly man who flies home to home on a sled driven by reindeer to deliver toys. So do you see where this idea of our Santa Claus comes from? It comes from a poem. That a minister, a Christian minister wrote in 1822. Okay, and then a few years later, 1863, a cartoonist, a man by the name of Thomas Nast, he drew Santa Claus. That's 1863, and that happened in New York. He drew a picture of Santa Claus. He's got this red hat on, the red with a, with a black belt around his waist, and he's got a thick white beard. So where does Santa Claus come from, ladies and gentlemen? It was a historical figure, St. Nicholas, that people wanted to honor and celebrate, okay, and wanted to copy by giving gifts, etc. And then later on, many years later, like 1,500 years later, in New York, a minister, he wrote a, a poem about Santa Claus, what he does, traveling around with a reindeer, dropping gifts in chimneys, okay, and then a cartoonist who drew a picture of him, of what he looks like, that's where... Santa Claus comes from, from a cartoon and from a poem and from a good Christian historical figure. Um, he's not Satan, guys. Okay, <laughs> he's not Satan. He's an imaginary figure that developed based on a real historical figure. Now, what can we say of this? Well, 
Santa and gift giving does not have its origin in paganism or Satanism. All right. It is basically a fairy tale. Someone wrote a poem and a cartoonist draw a pic drew a picture of this imaginary figure. The historical Santa was actually a good Christian who cared about kids. And so, yes, Santa isn't in the Bible. But I don't uh, see anything sinister about this imaginary figure. It's like the story of the three little pigs or Little Red Riding Hood. There's nothing sinister about these imaginary stories and there's no need to spiritualize or to demonize them. So, ladies and gentlemen, as we conclude, the Christmas we know today is a product of a combination of a poem, a cartoonist, and Roman Catholicism Christianizing the ancient world. That's as simple as it is. I think we have a good idea where Christmas now comes from, right? But the question then still remains, should Christians be celebrating it? Let me answer it this way. Should Christians be celebrating birthdays? The answer to that will give you the answer to whether you should be celebrating Christmas or not. Or whether you should feel guilty for celebrating Christmas or not. To me, it's the same question. It depends probably, therefore, on what you make of it. This is how I see it. The Bible doesn't tell me to celebrate the birth of Jesus. But I'm glad that billions of people will have a feast on a day that many people attach to the life of Jesus. If Jesus is in any ways elevated, I am happy. If God is glorified, great. Christmas is a special, cultural, festive, festive time for me and my family. I will enjoy spending time being close to family, spoiling my kids with gifts. It's just fun, and it is warm, and it is family, and I enjoy the day. I put up a tree in my house, wrap gifts. If I do that, I know for sure I'm not worshipping some pagan god. Okay? And I'm simply enjoying a special day in my culture. Just like a birthday. I don't feel guilty celebrating a birthday because I'm honoring God for the life that He's given me. And I won't feel guilty to celebrate Christmas because it's simply a cultural holiday. Once a year, I get to spend with my family and it's a wonderful time. And whether there's images of Santa or whether we have a fake Santa come in a suit, it's all just fun. I'm not allowing a demon in my house and neither am I worshipping the Odin of the Germans or Mithra of the Romans or Saturn of the Romans. I'm simply enjoying a cultural festivity and I can do that with a clear conscience while being a disciple of Jesus Christ. So, we have to acknowledge that for many people, Christmas isn't about Jesus. For many people, it's about drunkenness. And for many people, it's just about gifts. And it's just about festivities. But we could personally, if you do love Jesus, I mean, you could make this time about Him. And I thought about in conclusion, just to give you some, some tips, just five ways that you could make your Christmas more about Jesus. Obviously, we want to make our whole lives about Jesus, every day about Jesus. But, I mean, here we are. This festive season is world, worldwide going to be celebrated. Uh, even the Chinese, I mean, they don't believe in Jesus, but they produce thousands upon, millions upon products that sold over Christmas. So, um, you can make something. You can bring Jesus into the season. And I'd like to propose five things. Number one, give a gift to Jesus. If Jesus is important to you. Give a gift to Jesus. 
Do something that will honor Him. Secondly, like Christ, give to those who can't repay you. Instead of spending all kinds of money on your spoiled kids, your uh, rascal kids, why not get some gifts? Find out for some people who are really poor, who won't, who hardly ever receive gifts, and go give a good gift to somebody else who can never repay you. Thirdly, pause to sense the darkness outside at night, and then thank God for sending the light. We've gone through two years of real darkness in this world. And we need to thank God that we can live in the light as His servants and not be bogged down by the struggles of this life in this dark world. We need to thank God that Jesus did come into the world to save the world from eternal darkness. Fourthly, read the scriptures to your family. What about making special time? If you're going to give out gifts on Thursday evening, why not make special time to read to your family some of the scriptures about Jesus? And lastly, enjoy this wonderful time of the year. Don't lose the season for the rush. Just enjoy your family. Enjoy the holiday. Enjoy your wife. Enjoy your husband. One thing that Christmas does is it might not, it might not really be bringing people to Jesus, but what it does do is it does bring families together. And the family was created by Jesus. So enjoy the family that God has given you. And have a blessed weekend. Love you lots. Bye-bye.